Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, December 14th. Coming up on the show today, we've got some drama at Auburn in the offseason. Go figure. How football fans in the SEC should look at National Signing Day on Wednesday. The Nashville Predators catch a break and get another game postponed, but we begin with news about the Tennessee Titans' front seven and all of the different personnel questions that Mike Vrabel has to answer. I just want to remind you guys, of course, of the Kingston Group. You know I do it every single morning. These folks are award-winning, locally-owned, custom home and remodeling firm. The best people in the business in Nashville, of course, the home industry. Slammed right now in this market, but you need to make smart decisions for your home, for your family, and for your bank accounts. And that's where the Kingston Group comes in. Check out their website. Have a conversation with them. BuildKG.com. Just talk with them. I guarantee you you will learn something. You will be a smarter homeowner because of it, whether you use them or not. BuildKG.com. Remember the name, the Kingston Group. Mike Vrabel has a lot of questions to answer this week about the players on his team, in particular his defense. And hopefully most of those answers this week will create jubilation and excitement instead of him ferociously walking out of a press conference. In the Titans' shutout win against the Jaguars on Sunday, Harold Landry registered his 11th sack, Rashawn Evans returned after missing five games to make six tackles, Jayon Brown and Christian Fulton both had interceptions, and the defense completely annihilated any chance Urban Meyer had of returning for a second season in Jacksonville, sadly. Hell, even Dane Cruikshank played seven snaps on Sunday. With all of that good news happening on his defense, Vrabel finally opened up a little bit about signing former Texans linebacker Zach Cunningham. Now, I'll be perfectly honest, Cunningham is one of my favorite linebackers in the NFL and one of my favorite all-around players. Sure, some of that might be because he played at Vanderbilt and I got to see him up close and in the division with Houston, but I'd argue his production in the NFL has made him one of the most disruptive and therefore fun players in the entire league to watch. He obviously wasn't the same player this year as the one who led the NFL with 164 tackles just last season, and he's missed as many games this season, too, as he's missed in his entire four-year NFL career prior. But the guy is still totally disruptive, plays behind the line of scrimmage, is scheme versatile, can pressure the quarterback, and can play in space on passing downs. And he's only 27 years old. Vrabel said on Monday that he's not sure what role Cunningham can or will play, but had plenty of complimentary things to say about the former Texans linebacker. You know, Zach is a player that has really good length, very instinctive. You know, he's a very instinctive player. He, he triggers. He's had a lot of tackles. He's very, very, been a very productive player in this league. So... Where, where all that fits as far as a role, uh, I, w- I, I wouldn't be able to tell you right now, obviously. He's played on the punt team. You know, he's, he's done a great job as a tackle on the punt team, running down there in coverage, on, as well as when he started at, at inside linebacker. So that's something that I know that, you know, Auk's excited about. Um, and then we'll see where kind of everything else fits in. We, we, we anticipate uh, that he'll be ready to go and ready to practice on Wednesday. Thinking about where this group of players, this linebacking core, was just a few weeks ago, the idea of the Titans pairing Cunningham with Evans and Brown and a potentially healthy David Long should be downright delicious. Now let's add to it some good news about a potentially healthy Bud Dupree, who is eligible to come back onto the active roster this week against his former team, and all of this should put Vrabel in a much different mood this week. Dupree is working every day to get back, Vrabel said on Monday, but I guess patience seems like the right approach here for a player who's already kind of admitted that he rushed it back a little too quickly and and that cost him another stint on the IR. But just think about what Vrabel and defensive coordinator Shane Bowen could do mixing and matching the personnel with that Titans front seven. 
Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Danico Autry, T.R. Tart, Zach Cunningham, David Long, Jayon Brown, and Rashawn Evans. Yes, we have to consider the source for Sunday shutout, Jacksonville, and the situation coming off the bye. But things are trending towards this team getting healthier, on both sides of the ball, frankly. And for a defense that is already leaps and bounds ahead of where it was last year at this time statistically, Rabel should be licking his chops at what his lineup could look like come playoff time. We've got some quick SEC transfer news to get to and one massive subsequent question about a head coach. Auburn quarterback Bo Nix announced his intent to leave the Auburn Tigers via the transfer portal on Sunday afternoon. And man, what a fascinating end to a fascinating career at Auburn. A legacy player with a famous last name who throws a game-winning touchdown pass in overtime of his very first career game. Since that win over Oregon, however, Nix failed to show a lot of progress through his first two seasons, played through a worldwide pandemic, watched his head coach get fired, endured countless online attacks from fans, only to play by far his best football in 2021 under new head coach Brian Harson. We have no real information yet about where Nix will land, but the only thing that could take his career soap opera to another level would be playing for, I don't know, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss or Brian Kelly at LSU. I mean, nothing would be more delightful than Nick's playing in Oxford this year, so that's my vote. Additionally, Texas A&M quarterback Zach Calzada, you know, the guy who led the Aggies to a win over number one Alabama this year, has also announced he will transfer away from College Station. This move by Nick's, as well as a near defection by star tailback Tank Bigsby, who also announced he was transferring only to change his mind hours later to stay at Auburn, raises a serious question about head coach Brian Harson and what is going on at Auburn. I know, hard to believe. There is just so much noise around this program. Noise about Harson and boosters. You know, the ones that go in the arm and the ones that sign your paycheck. Noise about the coaching staff, which Harson has now quietly turned over in his first season by firing multiple offensive coaches. And noise about the two best offensive weapons on the team who have now chosen to leave the program despite being among the best returning players at their position in the SEC. These questions have no obvious or at least public answers yet. But you can bet this offseason Auburn will be yet another TV drama unlike anywhere else in college football. And that probably doesn't bode well for on-the-field success in 2022. College football's National Signing Day, the artist formerly known as the Early Signing Period, is Wednesday, where roughly oh, 80% of all college football recruits will officially sign their letters of intent and end the long and arduous recruiting process. I have covered college football recruiting for almost 20 years, and there's only one smart way to follow and track this stuff as a fan, with a very big picture lens. Yes, every now and then, an overly transcendent talent is worth the individual coverage and hype, the Tim Tebow's, Trevor Lawrence's, or Tua Tungavailoa's of the world. And don't get me wrong, I genuinely miss the bizarro National Signing Day hijinks and shenanigans, but players, coaches, parents, and schools have all learned that most of that stuff is bad for the brand, including the athlete, and a lot of that has been toned down in a big way. So, while star rankings are critically important, they are still wildly inexact on an individual level. However, team rankings are almost a perfect indicator of future success or failure. Here are the numbers you need to know about how recruiting ties directly into the college football playoff, and why keeping a close eye on the team rankings is still by far the most important thing you can do. Of the 32 teams who have gotten into the playoff, 29 have had an average recruiting ranking over the previous five seasons ranked in the top 15. Only Michigan State in 2015, Washington in 2016, and Cincinnati this year have gotten into the playoff without recruiting in the top 15 on average. 
20 of those 32 berths have come from teams with an average recruiting ranking in the top 10, and 16 of those 32 were ranked, on average, in the top 5 nationally. Of the seven national champions, six were ranked in the top eight nationally in recruiting. The only one not ranked in the top eight was Clemson in 2016 when Deshaun Watson beat Alabama. Their average recruiting class was 12th in the nation. Lastly, of the 14 teams to play for the national championship during the modern playoff era, only three were not ranked in the top 10 on average in recruiting. Oregon with Marcus Mariota back in 2014, and the two Watson-Clemson teams that played in the national championship game against Bama in back-to-back years, losing the first time in 15, and of course winning it on the final play in 16. So the stats tell you what you need to know. It's pretty obvious. You have to be in the top 15 to have a chance to get into the playoff. You have to be in the top 10 to make it to the national championship game, and you need to be probably in the top 5 to 8 to win the whole thing. So while we can argue about recruiting rankings and experts getting individual players wrong and maybe there's a two-star here in the NFL, or a lot of that stuff is purely anecdotal. The bottom line is for college football fans, you need to be in the top 15 to make the playoff, the top 10 to make the national championship game, and probably the top five to win the whole thing. That's as simple as it gets. Those are the numbers to pay attention to on National Signing Day. So we've got some Nashville Predators news to get to as it pertains to scheduling and maybe a little bit of rest for the squad, but I need to apologize first and foremost. Before we do that, yesterday on the show, I have no clue why I blame traveling across the country and being exhausted. When I suggested that there was a huge week of action coming up for the Preds after a five-game winning streak against Anaheim and Vegas this week, that, of course, was not true. I was looking at the wrong part of the schedule. They were supposed to play the Calgary Flames on Tuesday evening and then the Colorado Avalanche in a huge game on Thursday, December 16th at home. The Calgary game has been postponed and is the second postponement of the season. They missed a game with Ottawa earlier in the season, both, of course, due to COVID. Neither has been rescheduled, and of course, we'll have to figure out if those two games and those points play a huge role at the end of the season, if they can get the games in. What this does do for the Nashville Predators, coming off a four-game road sweep three in four days, is give the Nashville Predators a little bit of extra rest before that big match at home against Colorado on Thursday. Colorado is surging up the standings. The Predators are playing really good hockey. And after playing three games in four days over the weekend, an extra day of rest, giving them three days off in a row, will be huge for the Predators. We will be talking all things Nashville Predators on the Gold Standard Podcast this week. Adam Vingant and myself, secondary scoring, UC Saros, the postponement, all that good stuff. And of course, Adam Vingan's ability to troll his wife publicly. We will discuss all of this coming up on the Gold Standard this week, everywhere podcasts are found. Special thanks to the Kingston Group, of course, for bringing you the 440 every single morning. They are Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned, custom home and remodeling firm. BuildKG.com is the website. Before you make any big decisions about your house, make sure you talk to the great people over at the Kingston Group. That's BuildKG.com. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Please share the product. We really, really appreciate it. My name is Braden Gall, and keep tweeting me mistakes. If there are mistakes in the show, please do not hesitate to call me out on it. At Braden Gall on Twitter, at 440 Media on Instagram, at 440 Sports on Twitter as well. Thank you guys all for listening. Again, this has been the 440 for Tuesday, December 14th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. <laughs>